NAGP Resurrection, the podcast where we talk about this week in like gaming news. And then after that, we have a particular topic that we're, that's related to video games. For this week, we're going to be talking about what games made us sad. Then after that, it's we're going. Cry. <laughs> then after that, we are going to be like giving you some recommendations of games that we've been enjoying for the past week. And and yeah, so let's just dive right into it. I'm your host, Joseph Burchette, and with me, I have Lionel. To bring back a classic, no one mourns a Texas funeral. Okay. And I have Mike. And out. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, classic in AGP. All right. So let's just dive right into the first news story, which is uh, Andrew House announces Kojima partnership. Mike made a note here to make sure to remind, to remind us that he has a lovely impression of Andrew House to share with us. Wait, wait. Let me, let me see. Okay. Okay. If you watch the video, he's like, Mina-san, konbanwa, watashi wa, Andrew House des. All right. That, was, that one was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was good. Uh, but speaking of the Kojima partnership, I mean, as everybody knows that the whole Kojima has finally left and now he's free to kind of do whatever he pleases. And if I'm correct, he the, the whole partnership is that he's going his next big game is going to be uh was, was it a Sony exclusive? Uh, Mike, is that correct or uh yes, exclusive to the console platform hmm. of PlayStation 4. Uh it will eventually be released on PC. Okay. But they're getting the first okay, the first release of it. Yeah. Cool. Console exclusivity. So it will never be on a Microsoft platform. Except PCs. <laughs> So do, do you guys like, I just kind of just want to ask you first, Mike, do you, do, is it just because he really enjoyed working with, you know, the platform or do you, do you, do you, can you think of any particular reasons why he chose them over Microsoft or even Nintendo or? Yeah, there's actually a lot of goddamn reasons. Um, he has a history. So people always say that he's, that Metal Gear started on PlayStation, um, but it didn't. It actually started with Microsoft on the MSX uh, mm. home computer systems. So that's where Metal Gear 1 and 2 was, but the one that made him a star was Metal Gear Solid, and that was 1998 on the PlayStation. It's a seminal game. It's one of the most important games uh, in gaming history. It's people, there's a great article about out there where someone wrote that it was the first modern game, and I would agree with that. But um, yeah, so from MGS one to MGS three, all of the all of the the Metal Gear Solid the core games were all exclusive to to Sony. So he's he's been with them for a long time, and then eventually they they ported that to they brought those to um, to PC and and Xbox. MGS two came to Xbox much later, but then MGS four was an exclusive. Um, to, to PlayStation. So he's had a long history and he's of dealing with, with Sony and working with them. So he's familiar and they've always been really good to him. So yeah, it just, it just makes perfect sense for him to go with Sony because his games have such a, a broad appeal and they, they reach such a wide audience. Yeah. So at the same time, he's a Japanese man <laughs> speaks Japanese and his English isn't really that good. So it wouldn't make sense for him to 
try to come out west and work with uh, Activision or, or, or somebody. Um, so so he has that familiarity with 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 Sony and so Sony kind of they they have a broad reach all over the planet. So that's why he's with them. And it just makes sense because they are a Japanese company. He can he can stay at home and he can keep his team um which so far there've only been like four confirmed uh, members, but they're all people that have been with him for for quite some time. Like I'm I was really happy to see that uh not just Yoji Shinkawa, who has been with him since, I'm not sure if Metal Gear 2 on the MSX, but I know he was with him, I think Police Nuts, somewhere around there. Mm. Shinkawa's mm-hmm. been been like the unseen right-hand man of Kojima for a very long time. and Yeah, they were the dynamic duo. Yeah, and uh, he's also got uh, Kenny Maezumi with him who's a fucking badass and I I got to meet him once and it was it was uh, very briefly but it was it was really cool um, but Ken is an amazing producer very hard worker uh, so he's got him with him and and uh, I think his assistant Ayako and uh, maybe some white guy <laughs> Yeah, but no, this is, I think you're right, though. But I mean, especially like right now at this time, Sony uh, is doing extremely well. So it probably it makes even more sense to be on that platform. I mean, with the, the Xbox 360, Microsoft was was dominating in the last generation of consoles. But Sony just seems to be like on top of their game with just about everything these days. So, yeah, I think if whatever game he decides to make does get released on that platform, it's going to be spread everywhere. So everyone's going to be able to get their hands on it, which is awesome. So, yeah, I mean that's that's some fantastic news. I'm ex- I'm really excited to see what he makes next. I'm honestly not even really sure. I don't think has he said anything at all about what he was going to make or ideas or anything. No, uh, some people think that he might um, do a horror game. I think it would make sense for him to do a horror game with uh, Guillermo del Toro or work on something with Guillermo del Toro at this point. Um, and I think one of the next news articles is that. Uh, Guillermo is going to present him with a Lifetime Achievement Award um, somewhere, I forget where, but from what I've seen I think they may be going somewhere in the direction of uh, like a mech game, which could end up being like a spiritual successor to the Zone of Enders series. Oh god, I hope so. It was so good. I mean, there was a a sequel, but to have just him kind of really just... It was amazing, but like it also made people just just beg for more. Yeah, and it, was it was so good. The, the abject terror and I guess realization that it wouldn't happen. Yeah, so we may get a spiritual successor. I am all for that. Yeah, I, I I wanted to make anything mech. It's just it's so good. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like just jumping right into the next article. It just makes perfect sense that he would be put into the dice hall of fame um like other really you know like just incredible people from the game industry are on there i believe the first person who is on the hall of fame is miyamoto which makes perfect sense because you know he's mm-hmm. nintendo he's like i don't know the, the godfather pretty much yeah the godfather of gaming. yeah man the guy's been around for a while and he's done quite a lot so yeah, it's i can't imagine what it must be for like for Kojima right now, like he must be so 
relieved. Like he must have a huge weight off of his shoulders. Because if you look at that video of him and Andrew House, he just looks fucking torn to shit. He looks so like sad, but like he's Mm -hmm. about to recover from it too at the same time. Yeah. Like when I saw like that picture the first time I was just like oh my god <laughs> they do to my baby <laughs> just like, he looks so old like he's always kind of looked very young for his age like closer to yeah. closer to 35 than than 50 which he is now but it's like but it's like this video came out and it's like wow those years really caught up to him he's like so old like, yeah, shit. yeah he's rocking a like a goatee beard type of thing right now it's pretty cool he's oh. entering he's finally entered old man stage yeah. and i can't wait to see what the hell he does because he's 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 a master I, I had a lot of problems with mgs5 but the, the man is capable of amazing things yeah oh yeah yeah he's free now he can do whatever he likes it's so exciting. Um, yeah. Rock Go now, Kojima. Be free. Be free. <laughs> Be free. <laughs> to do what you please. But um, but yeah, I mean, the the Dice Hall of Fame thing, I, I think that's, I mean, he's got to feel, I mean, great about that. It just kind of, I don't know how, like, really, I mean, it, it is kind of like a big deal to be in there because you just, there's so many other amazing, like, game designers and other developers on there. So the, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, the man's done so much in his life. I mean, this is like, it. he deserves it. Yeah, so. he's a legend. He's he a is. That's, that's one of the, I, I think about this a lot with regard to skateboarding as well, but we're lucky to be, we're living in this time where we're seeing all of the pioneers of, of this art form. They're yeah. still alive mm-hmm. and we get to interact with them and be part of the zeitgeist. <laughs> I that keep, word I so keep using that word. Definitely, it's true. Yeah, it makes sense. It all makes sense. All right, cool. So, jumping on to the next story, Activision buys Major League of Gaming to broaden their esports uh, presence. Uh, I mean, this makes a ton of sense because you know Call of Duty and a bunch of other games that they do are you know are in you know are lots of uh, like competitive like esports and and stuff like that. So, I mean, and they only they got it for like real cheap too. They only bought it for 46 million dollars. I mean, that's like nothing at all. So, uh, it's, the, maybe esports, maybe they sunk a lot of money in trying to get televised. I don't think that went too well. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What didn't go well? Um, well, they were they were on TV for a minute. And I want to say it was on ESPN and there was like a lot of resistance on ESPN's end. Do you sure, mean, I don't remember the details. Do you mean for Major League of Gaming or for, yeah. for what? Oh, okay. Like I'm pretty sure I saw some of it. Like they actually had an announcer on there shouting stuff like, oh my god no, what is it? Like no zoom or like no scope snipe headshot kill or something like that. Trying to announce it like you do a pro wrestling or a sports match or something yeah <laughs> it was interesting that's always funny but i could never find the damn thing i remember seeing they used to try and do that on like uh g4 i remember kevin oh yeah Pere- i can't remember the name of that show there's a video of like kevin Pereira like announcing some like a tekken 4 tournament with like mm-hmm. six people 
well, either way, even if they're not on ESPN, at this point, esports has gotten so big that with like with League of Legends, they get millions and millions of views on Twitch and YouTube and whatever. So they're, I mean, it's, I mean, it's there and it's making, and that's probably why Activision is, you know, is buying them because they know that they have such a huge reach. Like in the article, I thought this was really interesting that they were saying that even though they bought the company for forty six million dollars, the market value is over twenty seven billion dollars. So it's just. That was just like a really smart decision to do because they why know. They in get, the, go ahead. Why do they get it so cheap? I I don't know. I mean, the the people who run Major League of Gaming, it's not, it's not like a huge huge company. I mean, a lot happens with it, but it's not like it's a ginormous company. Maybe that was why. Maybe because it's just um, it's not a big thing in itself. I think maybe like they were trying. It could have been like that. Trying to get on TV was the right idea in the wrong direction. A sort of. Uh, misstep in regards to where they thought they were supposed to go because I don't think uh, Twitch or really streaming in general at the time that this occurred was on anyone's radar. It wasn't even a huge thing. I think Let's Plays were very few and far between. Well, this happened recently. This just like just happened. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying is that I think maybe if they'd gone this route from the start, they might be able to be as big as they are or big as they will be on their own yeah Yeah. that's just my guess it's it's interesting activision seems to be making a lot of moves they're buying so many yeah they just bought king (laughs) yeah yeah you're right they did which is a get yeah i I think people talking shit about that but i mean it might seem like a smaller get but it's gonna produce revenue for them well it's allowing them to jump into the mobile market and really get like a, a really strong footprint onto that. So mm-hmm. it's something like, and that's, and even and it's kind of funny that that happened too. I think King did that on their part because they knew, because their games were starting not to make as much money as they used to. They were starting to trend like downwards and their games weren't, they like daily, they were making like millions and millions of dollars. But as of late, that's, they've been kind of losing that audience. So yeah. maybe they found that as kind of a way to kind of, make sure that they can stay stable without having to start letting people go yeah i mean that it makes sense i guess it probably makes more sense for king than than activision yeah but, but um yeah it's funny because i just got a smartphone like the middle of last year and i became quickly addicted to candy crush really? Candy Crush <laughs> soda saga <laughs> but it's like you you link your facebook with it and it's i can I, I can see all the all the people who like on your little roadmap mm. on, on how far everyone is, and uh, most people aren't moving. They're, they're just <laughs> nobody's playing it anymore. Um, yeah, it's man. Yeah, I don't. I think I don't really. I'm actually really interested to know what Activision, what their plans are for Candy Crush. Are they going to leave it alone? Are they going to try and start integrating it into other stuff? Or are they going to try expanding on it? So. It will be interesting to see what direction they choose to go with uh, that new game company. Actually, you know, this is probably un. Well, I don't know if it's unrelated because they bought them so. What was it like a month ago? Yeah, it was pretty recent. Yeah, it was pretty recent. But today, actually, I got an email actually 
which I never, I didn't even know they had my email address <laughs> from from King, saying that they released a new Candy Crush game and it's called Candy Crush Jelly Saga. <laughs> and so uh, I immediately downloaded. it. I haven't played it yet. Yeah, <laughs> but it's there because <laughs> it's the the way I play Candy Crush is I. I use all my lives in Candy Crush, and then I play Candy Crush Soda Saga, and then <laughs> this is a dark peek into my life. <laughs> I do this when I'm when I'm listening to podcasts. <laughs> sometimes it's skate, sometimes it's Candy Crush. But when I run out of lives in Candy Crush, I switch to Soda Saga, and then by that point, I'll have like one life refreshed, and the other one, so I'll go back. But uh, now I get to add another one to the mix. <laughs> Oh man! See now, and it's just—it's kind of scary that now Activision is gonna be able to have that ability to kind of just all these people who are just kind of really casual with it that can now start marketing stuff to them. They can now start pushing stuff, and maybe that's probably why they did it because they know that so yeah. many people are already playing it. So yeah, wait. exactly. I mean, if you think about that, that's insane. Like, I imagine somebody from Activision came in and it was like, "You guys don't send newsletters or emails to." <laughs> your millions of people that you whose information you have you're right it's but crazy it's insane step one yeah yeah man it's you just know there was people doing high, like the marketing guys are just giving each other high fives because it's just like <laughs> we got this we got them oh man but um but yeah so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what they decide to do with um with uh with Major League of Gaming, I wouldn't be surprised if they start buying out all the other type of little smaller esports um, gaming websites that are trying to pop up too, because they want to dominate everything in that scene. Um, okay, so the next thing, actually, I haven't really played. The next article is about Assassin's Creed, and it's, I got it from Kotaku, and so it's the next big Assassin's Creed is, is supposedly supposed to be set in Egypt, and it's going to be coming out in 2017. I haven't really ever really gotten deep into any of the Assassin's Creed games. Have either of you guys really played a lot of them or all of them at all? I've played one. One, and okay. that was Assassin's Creed 2. I played a little bit of Brotherhood. Do you feel that going to like like Egypt is kind of because I know they're always changing the scenery and changing like the um, not so much the, the gameplay. Well, actually, I could be wrong. Maybe they are, but uh, adds, but yeah, is this a good direction for it? You guys think? Because I mean, there's, they release so many of them. Well, Mike, uh, you've played a lot more of it than I have. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so I played. I think it. Um talked about it on the other show which won't be out yet so <laughs> but um yeah i played one two uh brotherhood three and then by that point i got pretty burnt out uh. um and also there i can't run uh some of the newer ones i don't think but it's also it's like i'm not gonna pay more money for these things um <laughs> yeah i think it's a, a good i don't know if you said it just now but it's a it's a good move on their part to not have one come out this year yeah um because it was just getting out of hand and oversaturated and people were tired of these things three games ago and they i mean i think at some point last year last month they put out like two on the same day 
It's just like I don't even know what what's what anymore. <laughs> so it's good that they're taking some time off. But as far as the Egypt setting goes, uh, I'm 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 down. Mm. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm glad that they're kind of they're moving away from the Anglo kind of European shit because that was starting to get really boring. Mm. Um, I was down for for uh, Brotherhood and Two because I, I love the Renaissance and then. I was really excited about three because I love American history. Um, and then they kind of I feel like they kind of moved into this strange European era place that kind of feels a little too similar to the stuff that was in two and brotherhood. And it's just like, just give me something different. So hopefully Egypt will be cool. Um, even though they kind of did that in the first game. I mean, I think they can do a lot more now. Um, they're smarter developers than they were back then. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it's cool if if they go if they go super biblical and super like take it back to the you know beginning of the story. That might be interesting. Like I, I don't know, it'd be cool to like run around with Moses and see all the plagues and shit. Like, <laughs> that could be cool because that's some shit that we haven't seen. Um, they they kind of stay pretty grounded for the most part. There's a little fantasticalism, but I think they could really do some interesting stuff there, yeah. and, and that's what's needed. And it's it's funny that they don't. I don't know why they 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 just they don't go to china or japan which is what everyone wants like just do it oh japan would be so great samurais and ninjas and come on yeah but honestly i i, I do feel like it's it's getting a little bloated at this point like i'm i'm gonna we'll see what the trailers for the assassin's creed <laughs> movie look like but it's just like i hope it's good i hope it's interesting um I don't know. They they lost their hooks on me a while ago. Mm. Well, hopefully because you know they they they're taking a bit more time off with this one. They're not kind of just rushing it out real quick. That it'll kind of they'll probably put more effort and time into it to kind of make it feel really fresh and hopefully a lot more different than the previous games because they all kind of seem like they've been playing the same and fucking polished. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Knock that shit off. <laughs> Ubisoft, that's mm-hmm. not cool. Yeah. Finish your fucking games. Finish your games. <laughs> inexcusable crap. Inexcusable shit. It's another reason why I don't play their games anymore. It's yeah. bullshit. It's probably because they've been rushing them so much to get them out. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. You <laughs> both said that at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well. We'll see. We got. Well, it was year. weird because like I played two and then I played a little bit of Brotherhood and I'm looking at everything and I'm like, why wasn't this two? Hmm. It was. I mean, I I always say I look at it from kind of the other angle. Brotherhood was what they wanted to do when they made two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one was one was kind of a success. Uh, it, it made money based on hype and then people were disappointed and then two was like we have to prove to them this is our our concept that we wanted to do and let's let's make this better and then three is kind of or not three uh, brotherhood it's also a graphical step up it's just you could tell yeah. they they went back to two so many times like same settings and stuff because they wanted to 
there was just stuff that they wanted to do that they couldn't. Mm-hmm. It's probably time constraints, but I think two is a really good game, and Brotherhood was too. But it was. But I'm looking. I was just looking at elements between the two, and I'm thinking, okay, there was a lot of fat from two that could have been trimmed, and then what was left could have been combined with all that Brotherhood was, both the graphical and the. Um, it felt like a more focused story and could have just been a greater experience overall. Yeah. Well, uh, go ahead. I just, I don't even, I barely remember (laughs) what happened in Brotherhood. It's just because the fist fight with the Pope is just so memorable. (laughs) I don't know. That's one of the things I'd want to keep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, They'll definitely have more time. They're still like a year away to kind of improve a lot of things. So mm. fingers crossed on that one. Okay, so this week was CES. And so there was a lot, I mean, besides just all the electron, the new electronics and devices and gadgets coming out, there was also a lot of talk and discussion about VR and Oculus Rift and a whole bunch of news out about that stuff. Uh, so the Oculus Rift pre-orders finally opened up on Wednesday. And the price also finally came out, I believe, yesterday, where it was priced at five hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah, exactly. That's that is a lot of money. And they were another article came out. It is. Yeah. I mean, another article came out where they were saying that they're actually losing money on this. And there's and like they were saying, um, like Lucky Palmer was was also excuse me, Palmer was also saying that, you know, that you're getting a lot out of all this stuff and that's why it's you know it's so price it's priced so high i mean this is like a real authentic vr experience it's not like google cardboard or you know the samsung gear it's like the it's the real thing and that's why it's priced so high blah 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 deja fucking vu yeah i was about to say uh joe when do you become the industry standard to sell your hardware at a lost that loss well you have to keep in mind that uh facebook purchased them so they actually kind of have money that they can kind of do this i mean if they if facebook didn't purchase them they would not be able to take a loss but they just they want to get vr out there they want to they finally want the product to be in people's hands but at 599 dollars, i'm sorry that's just not yeah so not, uh, remind you of anything well, else that's happened in the last 10 years the PlayStation, PlayStation exactly. Three, <laughs> that exactly. did the PlayStation, the end. Yeah, yeah. This is they said this. They put out the same thing, you know, backwards compatibility, all this Blu-ray. It's a, it's really expensive, but we think gamers are gonna, you know, it's like no, no, people aren't gonna buy that. That's too expensive. And then that's novelty you, prices. You you look at the fucking you look at the Wii and how cheap that was and how fast that sold. It was because it was accessible, right? Mm. This thing is not accessible, and they just shot themselves in the foot and opened the door. Ironically, for Sony to come in and say uh, Morpheus or, or whatever the fuck PSVR is going to be, it's going to be way cheaper. It's going to be so much cheaper, and it doesn't matter if it's not as good because it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be cheaper than the PS4 console. I think Shuya Yoshida has actually said that, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's just like we there. I, I really think that's they're going to lose with this one. You can. I mean, if you're comparing it to those other things the google cardboard thing and the other thing it's like you have to understand 
those things are cheap and accessible and people are into them because if they don't know the difference yet we don't know this is like not knowing the difference between dvd and and, and blu-ray right yeah we, we just know that there's a something clearer than than vhs so if i'm interested in vr at all i'm gonna try the cheapest thing because why would i go for this expensive thing yeah completely and it's funny I mean, uh, like NVIDIA, this is an article on Polygon that NVIDIA was saying that uh, virtual reality requires seven times the power of a normal game. Now, obviously, they're just talking about like the extremely high-end stuff where you have like the most beefiest of computer so you can get the most like authentic, you right. know, just deep dive experience for the Oculus Rift. But I mean, just I mean, the specs that they have listed here are pretty, pretty crazy. And it's just, I mean, so that's seriously saying if you want like the ultimate experience that's 599 and then for like that beefy computer maybe like a thousand bucks so you're coming close <laughs> to like almost two thousand yeah, dollars for like dude. the real experience nobody wants the real experience yet right. because exactly. there's there's no way you guys they they haven't demoed vr for enough people yet like it's you they're, they're still trying to figure out how to how do you get this into people's hands so that they can see it and know that it's cool right it's just like i mean like it's it's not they don't need i don't need the beefy experience i'm fine with fucking classroom aquatic you know that's a unique <laughs> game and it takes very little horsepower you know i don't i don't need to be fucking space marine and in a game that's probably not even gonna play right you know yeah you think i'm a limited history gaming has let me that we wouldn't repeat the same thing so many times but these companies time and time again are like all right let's just assume everyone's gonna go all in on this brand new shiny hyper expensive thing we got coming out for you right now i mean if you live through the 16-bit era of gaming, you'll know that there was like, I don't know, five, maybe not five, but like two, three, four different instances of that where everyone thought, okay, full motion video, this is the future. Check it out. Night <laughs> Trap, what it's was it? $400, and the Genesis and the SNES are 16 bits, they're low power, but they're only 100 bucks. What did everybody buy? Right. Yeah, I yeah. think they're a little more expensive than that, but actually, I don't remember the prices. But they're pretty high. By the time I got one, it was a few years in. But by the time I got one, it was a hundred bucks. So hmm. Super Nintendo and Genesis were competing, so one of them dropped down to that, and the other basically yeah. had to. Yeah, man. And they're just, they're just. It's just such a fucking foot shot. I. It's kind of unbelievable. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it's like there's no way PSVR is going to cost more than the PlayStation 4 no. console. No, no. And there, they've just went so astronomical. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I can tell you right now, because I have um, uh, I have the VR, the, the, view mat, the new Viewmaster, which is basically kind of like a, a Google Cardboard, but like a bit more the quality is better and i also have an actual google cardboard and those, both those things only cost like 30 dollars. and i gave that and i showed that um put my phone inside of it and let my family experience that and they were blown away by that and that's like a cheap little vr headset yeah. and i mean really honestly 
the Samsung Gear, if you go to Best Buy, you can try it on yourselves and, and actually like experience it. It's perfect. I mean, you just, it has like a strap, you can put it on, you can place, you have like a little, like you can tap on the side or whatever. And that experience for the casual consumer, I think is more than enough. The Oculus yeah. Rift and like the, the, you know, Valve's Hive and all that kind of stuff, that stuff is targeting the extremely hardcore people, which for the average person, I, it just, that's just too much. I don't right. think it's yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up is the I mean it can't be like there's no way it's just this awful business decision that we're talking about it as it like it has they have to be just looking at a completely different clientele. Definitely. But uh, there's no yeah. way they're putting this on like a fucking giant assembly line and being like, Okay, here it is. <laughs> Go to Target and get it. Right. Like there's, there's no way. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, VR is definitely doing really well. I mean, there's lots of like there's lots of like data game industry news. I saw an article about VR. The install base will be 38 million by year's end. I think that's kind of a bit. That's a bit. It's <laughs> a bit high. But um, the fact is, VR is not a gimmick at this point. It is here to stay. Everyone's making games for it. More games are coming out for it, and they're looking really good. So it's just just wait and I mean, see. I mean, all it's going to take is like apple to get in the game mm. and really all it's going to take is the new iphone comes out which people are saying that it's going to happen at the end of the year a new iphone comes out and they're going to make a big deal that it's vr compatible even though probably every phone already is and they're going to say get your little fucking order your pre-order your your 20 or 40 dollar <laughs> little strap ties to your head and then bam you have like high quality VR because our phones are so great and then there it is like VR is everywhere definitely totally yeah it's it's it's, it's exciting right now in the game industries but a little crazy with the with the pricing though uh so there so the next bit of news here it's um so Psychonauts 2 by double double fine they for people who didn't know set up their their game was, was successful on Kickstarter so they decided to set up their own crowdfunding website called fig.co and they did that with um they were like an association with a bunch of other developers as well but it's mainly their their thing and they just Psychonauts 2 just got funded completely for 3 million dollars I believe and um I have Psychonauts on Steam I just never got around to actually playing it uh, did either of you guys like Mike? Did you uh, play Psychonauts at all? No. Okay, <laughs> Lionel, how about you? Did you play Psychonauts? Um, I played a little bit of it. I think I played a demo of it. It seemed like a pretty fun platformer with a lot of character. Yeah, I played a demo. Just a, just a demo. <laughs> are, are, are like are either of you guys like really big fans of Double Fine's games? Because they kind of make they're kind of in their own little world when it comes to their games. Yeah. Uh... I'm gonna. <laughs> My cousin works there. Oh, nice. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. Oh, <laughs> I've I haven't played a Double Fine game. Uh, well, let's put it this way. Some of their games for me. The last one I I played was uh, <laughs> that demo. Um, they did Brutal Legend. That was good. I like that. They game. did like Costume Quest and like I I know all the names, but I just never. I mean, I'm a big fan of. Tim Schafer, he's really funny, and uh, Monkey Island one and two were huge parts uh, of my childhood. Uh, where those weren't double yeah. fine; those were Lucas Arts back when he was there. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tried. I tried to, to get into that demo, and I was just like, 
there's too much going on and this game is like old and it's uh, platformers aren't my thing i bet it's good but i just couldn't didn't get into it that's understandable i mean their games are very i mean it's really cool i mean double fine has a documentary and i highly it's on youtube i highly recommend everyone go watch it who's interested and do the like into both sides of it like the the actual games themselves and the development process because like literally lift up like that I mean, they, they show everything their entire process their design meetings you know all their budgeting they show you everything about the whole entire game development process and it's really fascinating stuff mm-hmm. and they um they tell you and show you how they make all their games and how a lot of their games were built in like uh like game jams and stuff so but anyway if you're into that kind of stuff definitely you should check out their documentary it's seven uh 11 episodes each episode is like 45 minutes long it's uh there's a lot of content there for you to watch but if you're a big fan of double fine definitely worth watching um yeah let me see yeah you know what i want to say in regards to us and double fine is mm. it's not it's not a um the word i'm looking for is it's sort of like an area of gaming we kind of miss but we're familiar with and kind of knew of through osmosis you didn't necessarily play the games yourself but you were happy that they were there right yeah no uh for me as a game developer myself i i really felt i really feel that double fine as a company has really changed how uh how like how game development is like shown to the outside world because those the documentaries they do, the way they interact with their with their fans, and just just about how they do everything in their company, it's it's so open and they're so honest about everything. And Tim Schafer, he's a really awesome guy. I mean, I haven't yeah. met him personally, but he's, he's like he's very funny. He's always very open about everything. He's very like he's very caring and it's just. I mean, if nothing, you know, if their games aren't like you know your cup of tea just what they've what they do is just incredibly fascinating the way they organize their company how they shift their teams around it's just i that's that's why i love them the most because they've done a lot for the industry from a game developer perspective yeah um, i've I've seen him in real life he's jolly yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a big jolly man uh all right but uh yeah he uh they they i feel like they were one of the first to jump on the Kickstarter thing. Yeah. Kind of set that standard. So, yeah. Uh, before we jump to the next topic, yep. somebody needs to silence their phone. Uh, I do not even have my phone next to me. Oh, I that was probably me. I plugged it into a couple of places. Um, okay. Because it was running out of power. Okay. Should be fine then. Sweet. All right. So the next article is a rise of Tomb Raider gets a release date on the PC. Uh, Mike, did I, I'm not really, I don't even have a PC. So. I'm excited. Um, I don't know if that I'll be able to run this. I, I haven't uh, checked yet, but I ran the first one and it, it was gorgeous and it was one of my favorite experiences. Um, yeah, it's coming to PC, and uh, I, I saw some numbers, and apparently it just hit a million units. Wow. Um, so it's still kind of it's crawling along. It's it's one of those – we talked about this before on an episode you all will hear later, um, but I feel like you know a lot of people were flabbergasted about that, that release date. 
but I, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe they actually had the foresight to see, okay, this is how we're going to roll it out. We're going to take the hit initially, but we, we do know that some games are, are slow burns, and the first game was a slow burn. Um, if you look at games like Mirror's Edge, that was a slow burn too. Um, so it's kind of a big deal. Like I feel like this is almost an actual release date. It's like, oh, okay, there's nothing else to play, and it's coming on to a platform that a lot of people have. So we'll see. We'll see how it does. Um, but yeah, a million is a million units is not that much for a, a game like that. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront just hit 12 million units. So oh, so I'm, I'm hoping this will uh, will give it a boost, and then hopefully it'll get another boost when it comes to PS4. I think later this year. But, uh, yeah, they're good games. I mean, they've been highly rated both. You know, it's just both times. So, yeah, it's, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I want to play it. Yeah, it looks really fun. Um, okay, so this is the final uh, final news article for the week: Amiibo as butt plugs. Uh, Mike, I, feel, I think you put this on here. What? Please do. I linked you. You didn't look at it. No, I saw it, but I still want. I want you to please go through it. Oh, you want shoot. me to go through it? Well, let me bring it up. And the link is broken. The link shouldn't be broken. <laughs> Unless it was taken down already. I think it was taken down. No way. It was on Destructoid. Yeah. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> I'm going. Let's see. Shows. Wait. No, I don't want that. Uh, uh, let's see how can it be dead let's see Amiibo Amiibo as butt plugs ranked (laughs) 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 ah what the fuck it's hella not there yeah wait a minute now let me this has to be this has to be research because when I saw it was like I was kind of like, doesn't Destructoid usually post like news, and aren't they like sort of reputable? Uh, so they're a blog site. But I, I did I did tweet <laughs> at the guy who wrote it. Um, I made a picture of a little. So basically, the article was somebody um, took all of their amiibo, about fifty of them. I think they were specifically the ones uh, that were that work in Smash, and they ranked them as to how well they would be uh, working as butt plugs. <laughs> and uh, and there's a, a lot of writing. Um, I, I made a Photoshop of a, a little um, Donkey Kong, uh, like the packaging, and I gave it a little sticker. That, that said that it was rated number 37 on Destructoid's list of Amiibo as butt plugs. Because um, it was. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm thought... looking at... Brett Makadonsky was the writer. Um, I just can't believe they took it down. Yeah. Let's see. I'm looking to see his Twitter feed to see if he's... Let me let me let me see. Let's see. 
Because I remember, like, right after he posted the article, he posted another tweet, and he was like, he was like, I am a trash person. I, like, I'm not a writer. I'm a trash person. <laughs> God damn it. Where is it? He may have deleted it because I'm four days back, and I don't, I don't see a mention of it. Well, it was like three days ago, right? Yeah. Let's see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three days ago, he says, I'm really more of a press snake fuck. Let's see. Um, yeah, it looks like he deleted it. That's bizarre, but it was it was funny. Um, oh wait, here it is. He tweeted two days ago. Games journalism is dead. He says, and it says Amiibo has butt plugs. Let's see if this link works. Yeah, it's gone. It's oh, totally wow. gone. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you guys want it? You guys want to take a guess who number one was? No, I, I forgot. I didn't. Which one was it? It was. Well, all you have to do is think of Nintendo characters. No. Who do you think would be the worst butt plug? No. Ooh, he's kind of big. That, would, <laughs> that might hurt. Uh, that's what. That's what I was working on. Mewtwo. Mm, he's kind of slimming. No. No, that wouldn't work. He too was not rated well, but his tail was a little too all over the place. I remember. That. <laughs> so the, I think the worst was uh, Bowser was rated because of the spikes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were low rated because of swords. Uh, but number one was Luigi. <laughs> oh, that makes sense because he's just straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he go right up. So if you yeah, see, he have like a move in Smash where he kind of like pulls his arms in and fires himself torpedo style. That is exactly what he's doing in the Amiibo. <laughs> okay, okay, so since the leak on Destructoid has been taken down in the show notes for this show, I will post the link to NeoGaf because it's like five page thing on discussion on it, and there's this, yeah, that, there's this one pick of Woody holding up two Luigi's, and it's just <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh my god. Yeah, it's too. Uh, yeah, it's too bad that thread got closed really fast too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. Why is everyone like? I I don't I don't get it. Oh boy, this it's... is great. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just can't take a joke. Right. But nobody. There was no outrage. It was no outrage. I don't think. No. For some reason, it just got shut down. I mean, there's been worse things on Kotaku or Destructoid, so I don't know. Yeah, man, this was ah. it was a quality article. I was I was glad to see it. <laughs> and it's like seemed, something I'd do. And he seemed proud to make it, so that's all that matters. All right, all right, guys, we have gone through this week's articles, and now we're gonna go on to the topic, uh, which is going to be on which games made us cry. To start us off, Lionel. I would like to hear your story first. Um, well, there's probably more than one game because I'm a over-emotional little bitch. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I guess the one that stands out in particular for me is uh, MGS2. Mm-hmm. Spoilers involved for this probably decade-old game now, but still. If you don't want to have some of the choice information brewing for you, uh, tune out now and go play the game. All of it. <laughs> You'll thank me later. Anyway, it's specifically not even so much the character of 
fuck is Atacan's last name? <laughs> but uh, Atacan's sister dying, and not even necessarily because I was attached to the character, but it hit a very personal chord with me because when it happened, all I could think about as I heard Atacan wailing was my little sister and how much it would hurt me to be in that same situation. And sure enough, some 10 seconds into Atacan's bawling, I match him Aww. beat for point for point. Oof. You were thinking about family, so yeah, I can see how that would impact you a lot. Mm. That's basically what I would sound like if I ever lost my sister. Oof, so yeah. it really hit home. I'd do it. Oh, man. what was You said there was more than one? What, were, what was the other one? I said there's probably more than one. Oh, okay, that's but that's the like the... I, can, I think the only thing I can remember off the top of my head. Oh, mm. that'd do it. Oh, man. All right, how about you, Mike? Yeah, so, I don't know. Especially lately, I've been uh, a super crybaby. But uh, there's only a couple games um, that have... <laughs> I'll start with Final Fantasy VIII. It's because... Uh, I didn't cry at the end because it wasn't really a sad ending, but that was the first time I remember being like, wow, I put almost 100 hours into this game. Wow. And I got so invested in these characters, I was just like, it's over, it's done. Like, I have to leave this world now. Like, I was mm-hmm. bummed. Uh, but I didn't cry. But uh, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> there was a boss fight in there. Uh, and I was a very immature young teenager, and I was—I remember throwing a tantrum and and, and crying about it. Uh, there's other stuff going on in my life too that was probably added stressors, but I remember fighting Master Nog in the basement of Bell Garden. I, I started—I just—I just lost it. I was just—it was just a "what is my life" moment. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, but as far as like actual like gotten close to tears um mgs3 it's just a really tragic and sad ending and actually i was texting a friend today um who just bought mgs5 and she's like yeah i played the first hour but and it was cool i wasn't expecting to have fantasy elements but i you know clearly none of that shit is going to make sense if you haven't played three or, or peace walker so she was watching uh uh, a, a movie of Snake Eater that someone edited together, and I was, and I was talking to her ab- about it, about you know Big Boss's fall and how it happens and all this, and about the ending. And like I was, as I was thinking about that ending and what happens to uh, the character of the boss, I I just started like tearing up. I, it was just that powerful like more so than i did when i actually played the game like i got i remember getting choked up mm. that that last scene and it's 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 memed everywhere mm. of him with the tears but if you know the history like going from mgs one and two to three to learning about this character it's it's just a perfect ending you know where he's going after afterwards you don't need peace walker you don't need mgs5 that game sets up him as a villain perfectly by the end, and the reason for it is is fucked. Um, mm-hmm. it, and it, 
I'm trying not to spoil it for for Joe, who hasn't played it, who will probably never play it. But but what happens to the person that he has to to kill, um, even after she's dead, is is just incredibly sad. And she was such a strong and powerful character. That just stuck with me. Wow. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so I got a little misty-eyed seeing that one too. Yeah. So I have a couple more. Yeah, and go so, for it. So some of them aren't me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love talking about crying. I love talking about feelings and shit. <laughs> this is my topic. Uh, so. Hey. Another one, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce back to a funny one and then go back to a real one. So, I, uh, and my brother hates it when I, I tell stories about him crying. <laughs> but I, I think they're, I don't know, they're just funny over the shit that he cried about when he was a little kid. Um, I was telling my friend today, too, that uh, he, he cried when he found out NPH was gay for some reason. Oh. Even though our family's like the most tolerant family ever. My parents had to be like, oh, no, it doesn't mean you're gay, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you, know, oh, if you are. Like, it's perfectly fine. There's there's no reason to cry about this. You can be a shock to the system. Mm. Yeah, it, it was. But uh, so he cried over that. But then there was another time. He was, and this was when he was super little. He was probably like seven or eight. And uh, he was, he would play, he played a lot of Oblivion. Like, he loves the Elder Scrolls to this day, but. I, I, this happened to me too. I was in a dungeon and I was over encumbered and I, and I had to leave. Otherwise I wasn't trying to crawl back to, you know, a safe house. So I dumped all of my shit in a bag. And then when I, I left, dumped off some shit, came back to get it. And it was all gone. And I think I told him, I was like, you know, you could try that. I, I waited like a week or, or something. Maybe if you do it fast enough, it'll work. But he did that. He was in a dungeon. He's overcumbered. He dumped all his shit in like a chest or something, mm-hmm. and then left. And then came came back, and it was gone. Oh. And I remember he just kind of like was like, oh, turned it off. Like went and played outside. And about twenty to thirty minutes had passed. And all of a sudden, he just starts bawling his eyes out <laughs> because he lost no. all of the shit that he collected. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, That's man. a funny one. But, uh, it's so, and then my, my other real one is uh, more recent. Um, and it also, it, it kind of, it, it doesn't really is it directly involve my brother, but because, kind of similar to Jump Cable's story, because I have a brother. Uh, touch me. Uh, did did any, either of you play Brothers? No, I've heard one of the great things about it. So that game did something really unique. Um, and without spoiling it, I'll try my best. But they kind of build up. I guess I can't. It's gonna be hard to say without spoiling it. Um, yeah. Shit. Headphones off. Are, are you guys ever gonna play this? I probably don't think I will. Probably not. It's fine Joe, if you do. If you go for it. Joe McHale, do you think so, you're gonna um, play Joe, it? Joe, yeah. Joe, send me a message when he's done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, 
they 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 build up um, the me- the mechanics of the way it's the game works is it it's very simple like two buttons that you use and two sticks and you control each brother with two sticks and two buttons and sometimes you have to interact with each other and the puzzle solving is really cool you like um, there's things that the big brother is too big for and there's things that the little brother is too small for and sometimes you so the puzzle solving is really integrated with button presses and you know you'll do for example a button press to have the little brother grab onto the big brother's back when they're when they're swimming because the little brother can't swim right and then so uh here's a spoiler alert is eventually and the game's only like two hours um the the big brother gets killed oh so so he dies and then for a, a while there's the little brother you get to you stay with him for a while and on his return home and uh so you're doing all of these things that you would normally do with the big brother but by yourself so he has to like struggle and struggle to like pull down a a ladder um or 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 pull down like a lever um that normally he would have the big brother do and there's a certain point the whole story is he's trying to bring some medicine back to his his dying father like both of them are oh, and so just before you you get back it's like a stormy <laughs> i'm getting like choked up it's like a, a stormy weather scenario and he and the water he has to swim across this lake but he can't swim very well jesus so you keep going and he's like i can't do it i can't do it and then you you figure out the uh the puzzle is that when you walk across, you hit the button that you used for the dead brother, and he just starts swimming like a fucking madman across this this lake in this storm. And that just, I lost it. It was like such an amazing union of gameplay and storytelling, some of the best I've ever seen. Mm. It was just this amazing moment for me. And. I'm like tearing up right now. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. It's just like that's the power of the medium. That it was such a huge moment for me realizing that there were still possibilities in this medium that were new to bring emotion to this game, and it touched me as a brother, you know, mm. as someone who has taught my little brother things, and like. It's going to be like, I'm going to be gone someday and it'll still be here. But that, that was really something special. Yeah, no, I, I can see it. Oh man. Especially since you, you do have a brother, that's gotta be like, man, that must've really, really got you. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it it's interesting hearing what the whole interactive, it seems like the interactive part really helped a lot too. Just kind of, yeah, Pushing, man. Like, oh man! Like I said, it because it, it trains your brain to to use to like this button is Big Brother. Yeah, and then and then it kind of depresses you by teaching you. Well, now there isn't a Big Brother, so yeah. and then it's it hammers that back physically, like 
you need to physically remember that you had a brother. It's oh it's just so brilliant. It's an amazing game. Oh man, that's that's getting pretty intense. Okay. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh. Gonna bring back jump yeah. cables. Oh man. Oh my god, I stopped thinking about this. I'm, I got a brother too, man. I gotta stop thinking about this shit. I almost start tearing up too. Hey, yeah, man. And That's intense. The, yeah. Yeah. I can see why people were all talking about that game for a while. Okay, it's a beautiful game. Mm. It, the artwork and everything is just fantastic too. Mm. All clear. Yeah, we're done. Oh. You missed it. I cried. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Okay. It's uh, it's my turn now. All right. uh, Wow. Wow. For real. So. All right. So. (laughs) So mine is deals with Final Fantasy VI, where that was great about that game is that it's an RPG and it deals a lot with story and character development so you get very very attached to all the characters in the game and this is kind of a spoiler but there in one part of the game there's the main villain of the game his name is kefka he ends up basically destroying the world he causes an apocalypse to happen and just the world just starts crumbling and destruction of everything falls apart and as the heroes are trying to stop him they don't manage to do it and as the world they're on like this flying continent and as the world just kind of crumbles apart and everything's falling down from the sky um all the characters get separated and one of them her name is Celis. she gets um she wakes up on an island on a deserted island with one of uh, another character an old man named sid and this and on this island they're just trying to live together he's a really old man they're just living together and they're just doing this for days upon days every day she would wake up get some fish for him they're, they're you could see them like bonding like um really closely together and and then one day after she gets some fish she comes back into like the hut and you see that that Sid has passed away and she was really he was like the last thing she had like the last real connection to any type of person or anything because she's out in the middle like in the ocean somewhere on this deserted island. So she, for a few days, she's alone. Everything is really quiet. All you're hearing is the ocean, the birds flying by. And she just ends up, she can't take it anymore. And there's a cliff on the far end of the island. And she ends up walking to the top of the cliff. And she just takes one look out way on the ocean. And she starts to think that, I just, what's the point of living here? Everyone that I know has passed away. They're dead. Kafka has taken over. The only one person I had close to me is now dead and I just saw that, and I, t- I can't take this anymore. So what she actually ends up doing is she tries committing suicide. She ends up leaping off the cliff, and it's just really, this is the part where I just I just started to cry. I just couldn't hold it in anymore. Is that the scene is very dramatic, and that when she falls off the cliff, um, like teardrops kind of like fly out of her eyes as she's slowly falling down uh, at the bottoms. And it just, and what really got to me, I just really started thinking is I had, developed this strong bond with her i knew everything she went through i know all the characters she met all the happy moments all the Mm -hmm. sad moments to finally have it where she just feels like there's nothing left there's no point in living anymore and it's just that was just that was just super depressing i just i couldn't i couldn't hold that in anymore i mean later on you find out that there were other people but for that moment it was just it was just her and she had gone through so much and just to see her want to end it all it, that's just ugh. That 
<laughs> that got to me. How far are you? How far are you in the game when this occurs? Uh, you're pretty far into the game, like really, really far into the game. I think there's like maybe like, yeah. five hours left. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. This, this, I, I know, like, this was a seminal moment for many a gamer, but this sounds like it blows, uh, let's just say FF7 clear out of the water. Yeah. Oh, no. This was, like this was pretty intense. I mean, because what was so impactful about this was the fact that she was committing suicide. That's not something I had ever, I, mean, I, was, I was really, I was really small. I mean, I was think I was in, elementary school yeah so seeing someone do this at that age that that's pretty shocking i, I didn't even know i didn't oh. know how to react to that so it's just i mean and it's just knowing that i connected i had like been on like the, her journey with her the entire time and to see her do this it's just like it felt it just really hurt me because i liked her a lot she was a fantastic character and it's just to see her want to end it all just Ugh, that that was just a bleak existence after that and it just wasn't that yeah that's that was my moment for that that was pretty intense for me especially since i was so young yeah did you physically I cry i did because it was wow. in, it was intense i mean you could see i mean it was the music in final fantasy 6 as many people know who played the game it's amazing it's some of the the best work i've I completely i'm like completely spacing out on the name of the the musician but like yeah yeah he's this is by far like the most amazing music he's ever made um for any of the final fantasy games and it just the moment the music that plays it's just it's so it just suits the moment so well and it just really intensifies it and it's just it's it's amazing what they were able to do with only you know with with not like really high quality graphics or something I mean, it's like little you know sprites character sprites but they had so much emotion that they were able to show off with that with those characters it was ah god it was crazy but um yeah it's a very real topic they were covering there mm -hmm. it's yeah. amazing to think that like they would you know take you through the game go that far and when you kind of hit that point i guess that occurs in all rpgs that the moment where everything seems darkest that they'd actually have somebody kind of reacting to it in such such a I'm not sure what to say. I don't want to say negative or violent. That's not quite it. But kind of like just, it really sells just how dire, bleak the situation is. It just it, sounds really yeah amazing that somebody did that at that time. Yeah. No. It's to me personally. I know people. You know, I would say video games are a work of art. To me, Final Fantasy VI is a is a work, a beautiful work of art. They the environments they constructed, the music they constructed, just how it all comes together, the storytelling, the character develop, everything. It it was just it was just beautifully done. I mean, I love that game. So it's one of my my absolute favorite games of all time. It's just an, it's an amazing piece of work, and they just. They did everything so well and so beautiful. I mean, the fact that she was committing suicide was intense, but it was so beautifully done the way that they were it, showing it. It's so much more impactful that it's not just you see this character committing suicide. Is that you know exactly why she's committing it. Yeah. You've experienced why she's committing it. You're probably maybe not as depressed as she is, but feeling 
a whole some amount of it in going through this adventure with these characters and yeah. then losing them and being forced to go on without them. Yeah, yeah. but it yeah. also kind of sounds it's like, like it's really about simulating a loss, I guess. Yeah, and it also kind of sounds like you know, in her situations, like, well, what the fuck else are you gonna do? There's no one left. Yeah, yeah, that's like there's literally no one left. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I think what also got to me too is that for that moment I was just thinking about like what if that was me? I mean, what if I was in that position? I lost all my family, I lost everything that I cared about, and there was nothing left, and I was just there alone. I mean, I I probably do the same thing she did, but that just knowing that feeling of just absolute just pain of being alone, and just just like the quietness of the just the ocean and just nothing there. It's just. It's so bleak and it's just so dark that it's just, ugh, that's never a place I'd want to go. So that that didn't help. That really kind of, <laughs> that kind of, that didn't really help me much. But, yeah. um, but, uh, it makes you cry. Yeah. Uh, whew, okay. Well, Jumbo Cables, did you say you had um, one more? Yeah, I kind of, I'm not sure if it's, I forget. I don't think I can take one yeah. more. Pretty recent. Oh, um, Mike, can you get something funny for us after this? Because this is kind of well. After this, kinda heavy too. after this, let's start doing the game recommendations. I need something. Yeah, let's talk about something <laughs> fun after this. I, ha- this, this I have one be... more. Okay, I have one more after this. But let's hear Jumbo Kills. Yeah. Um, and I guess spoilers again. This is The Walking Dead, mm. and I'm pretty sure the moment I said The Walking Dead, a whole lot of people knew which moment I was talking about. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the end of season one. Joe, you've played through all of it, right? I haven't, but I'm probably not going to. So, go ahead. Sure, it's amazing. I'm not really into that kind of story. T- it's it's fine. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Okay. So, to give you the sort of rundown how it works, she plays a character named Lee Everett who, within, like, I don't know, the first hour of the game, encounters a girl who is effectively orphaned thanks to the zombie apocalypse by the name of Clementine. And a good chunk of the, a solid chunk of the game is interacting with her, getting to know her, protecting her, her getting to know you to the degree that you very much become a father figure. Clementine becomes the child Lee never got to have. And so you reach this point where Lee kind of like almost literally goes through hell trying to get her back from some lunatic and it's at death's door and you're given a choice whether to tell Clementine, okay, I don't want to turn, shoot me, or I don't want you to have to shoot me, leave me. And regardless of what happens, it's the saddest thing. And the sad... And again, maybe I shouldn't get into why, but at the time I played it, it hit so close to home. But in the sense that in that moment, I didn't feel like Lee, even though I was effectively Lee throughout the game. In that moment, I felt like Clementine. Hmm. I'm sure you guys know why, but yeah, yeah. If you don't want to say, that's fine. But no shame in saying why. Kind of mirroring what I went through when. I lost my mom in the sense of she's having to see this person fade away in front of her. And if, if, you, if I thought I cried a whole lot during MGS2, my God. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oof. 
God. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I got one more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I, I. It would be remiss if I didn't mention The Last of Us. That, cause that I was wondering when that was going to come up. That is the crying game. <laughs> uh, Joe, did you play The Last of Us at all? I haven't, but I think I actually might play that game. So maybe should I like leave or? It's, it's funny because yeah, I got spoiled on that one, so I'm fine um, to stay. I don't know what you got spoiled on. The big one that I'm talking about happens within the like first half hour. Oh, in that case, I may have played that far. Yeah, I think you, you played that part. You must have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I guess I could, I could do this one without spoilers. But, yeah, there's... Naughty Dog is their, their masters, and that game is just full of... It's just such an emotional journey. There's so much bad shit that these two characters get put through and so much good shit um, and it has one of my favorite endings that I've ever seen in any medium I feel like I've said this uh, before but uh, in the beginning the way it starts off it's just the most heartbreaking thing like yeah. one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in a video game and it's I don't think I I'm not sure I cried the first time I played it but I recently went back. Um, it, it's funny, Seth Rogen and some other, I, I, I forget his name, Evan something, uh, played it for IGN. They played like the first 20 minutes. And uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, so they played like the first 20 minutes. And um, so I was watching, I went back and rewatched that recently, and it was like, fuck, this is so sad. And then I was watching, like, uh, Teens React did a, a Teens Play Last of Us, a long play thing. So I was watching them play through this intro, and then they did a great one, which I loved, which was um, they got older people, like senior citizens, to, to play mm-hmm. through that intro, and... Like every single time, I was just near tears. Uh, just the mm. perf- performance of of the actor in the scene—it just it got me every time. I don't know. I, that might have been because of I don't know other things in my life too. But like, I don't know. I'm more susceptible to to crying these days. But that's that's just a. A heartbreaking, dark, um, uncompromising, gray game. Oh, it's, God. Yeah. it's just one of the, the the greatest pieces of art I've ever played. Mm. No, Naughty Dog. They just they've been they've hit it out of the park with the storytelling. It's amazing yeah. how well how good they've gotten at that. Yeah, so that's all I got. I watched a bit more of that game than I played, but. During both, I remember just thinking, God, this is the bleakest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, man. It's good. Okay. All right. We've <laughs> that was a very interesting topic. Uh, a lot of really great stories. Come on, pull it together, Joe. All right. 
(laughs) Okay, so the the next part, we are going to start doing some recommendations of games that we've been playing for you guys to check out. Uh, Lionel, could you go first? Are there any games or that you can think of? Yeah, I finally got off my ass and gotten to started up something. I helped a Kickstarter which is a, I guess it's like a tactical RPG called Chroma Squad. Ah, mm. I was going to buy this, but I missed the sale. Oh, it's so, it's so fun. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I want to say there's an element of fun to it for people who aren't fans of uh, shows like Power Rangers or people familiar with the tokusatsu genre, which is... Tokusatsu is a Japanese word for special effects, and it's like imagine if shows like uh, uh, if uh, stuff like Power Rangers were its own genre of entertainment. Uh, any of the '90s kids out here would remember the '90s Toku Boom, which had like Power Rangers spit out like S- Saban Entertainment, which made Power Rangers spit out a bunch of other shows like uh, Big Bad Beetleborgs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jay Leno. And then other, yeah, other shows like uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Yeah, that shit was my shit. That was my shit. <laughs> Fucking Joey that. Lawrence, man. <laughs> so good. Or was it Matthew? I, I, I don't even It was Matthew. Because yeah, Joey had his own show, I think. So good. Yeah, nowhere near as good as Matthew's. And, um... But yeah, it's very interesting that of those kinds of shows. But like, and if you happen to be a fan of like the original Japanese shows, a lot of things are based off of, and there's going to be a lot of in jokes for you. There's also uh, weird bits of uh, pop culture in there as well. For example, at uh, one point in the story, you meet a guy who's very much supposed to be the devil, dressed as a lawyer. And when you ask him, basically this guy speaks in uh, Pacino quotes from Devil's <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's so good. That's really funny. Fuck, I wish I would have bought it. It's just hilarious on top of me. On top of the Toku stuff, which you'd like, they give you interesting amounts of customization. Like, since it's all text-based, you can change the name of your characters uh, you can change the name of the studio and as well as the team and their special moves and well, me I guess I jumped ahead a bit the way the game works is interesting too because it's not like you're playing as these power rangers rather you're playing as a group of stuntmen who left the power rangers like show to make their own indie like toku series and the battles play out like normal battles with the characters using their powers and stuff, but it's all framed under the idea of, okay, we're filming this fight scene. Here we go. And your objectives are like director's objectives that would help to, you know, spike listenership, create interest. So they might say, okay, have the uh, leader deal the final blow and make sure none of your guys get KO'd and, you know, you get a higher listenership. That's the score. It's like the better you play, the more you use your special moves, the more characters, enemies you take out. Spectacular fashion. 
the higher your, your listenership gets. And at, with each sort of uh, season, it's like five levels, five episodes apiece. You go into a new season, and with each one, they kind of cre- like increase the threshold listenership. So now you have to say over 10, over 20 is where I am right now. I don't know how far it goes. But, you know, you can buy other things like uh, you expand the studio, customize a giant robot with bits of uh, random items used to make costumes like uh, cotton duct tape. I think it's like a combination of uh, silver tape, cotton, and something else would give it like, let you design the laser booster on its chest, and that gives you a big advantage when you're doing the uh, giant robot fight. There's a lot of uh, interesting nods to both uh, the shows that inspired them and the companies that made those shows. It's a lot of fun. For, cool. A lot of fun for everybody, but a lot of fun if you like stuff. Awesome. Uh, how about you, Mike? Uh, let me think. Let's see. I have a tendency to just try and... Like I mentioned, Candy Crush or Crush earlier, but that's I've been doing that for a while, and uh, Skate Three. But uh, today or yesterday, I actually downloaded. I haven't played the Candy Crush thing. Um, Sonic Dash, I tried out for a second, which was interesting. Mm. But fuck with that. These are like distraction games. Yeah. Um, Go Go Commander Video is pretty cool. now that I have a phone, I'm like trying out all these iPhone games, and some of them are, are cool. But uh, that one's just like you tap to jump. It's an endless runner. Uh, but uh, and uh, I played a little bit of apparently Lego Star Wars Saga was a PS2 game or something, and it's on the phone now, huh. which is pretty cool. And uh, I was actually the interface was interesting. Um, so that was that was fun. And I've been in a Star Wars mood because Star Wars came out. But uh, I guess the one I'll, I'll kind of talk about is uh, this game, Monument. Monument Valley went free to play on on iOS Store. So I didn't know if Joe, have you played it? No, but I, cause I don't have a. I wanted to get the free, but I have an Android, so I didn't get a chance mm. to get it for free. But it looks really cool. Is it a puzzle well, game or an adventure game? It is. Well, also let me just say, you're on Android. You can get Knights of the Old Republic for free on your phone. Oh, nice. I which I tried do to do. I mm. couldn't do it on iOS. But uh, yeah, Monument's really cool. It's um, it's kind of and other games have done this before, kind of taken uh, the idea of like, oh, let's. What would it be like to have puzzle solving if you were in a, an M.C. Escher drawing? Um, but this game does it. It's probably the best I've ever seen it done. Uh, the It's just a beautiful game. It's just designed so so well. All of the type and the menus and everything is it's gorgeous. And the little character's design is really cool. And it's just it's all cohesive in, in one. It's, it's very pretty. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Fez. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was fun. I probably finished it in like an hour or two. It was really well made. Highly recommended. Sweet, yeah, I'll get that thing because it's it's not even that expensive too. So maybe I should just pick it up. So. Yeah, it it went. I guess it went uh, free on iOS. I, I don't know if it's still free on iOS, but I think the reason they did that is because they just released some paid DLC. Mm, okay, that's why. 
makes sense. Everyone's going free to play these days. But yeah, it's it's not egregious. It's like it's like new chapters. Like I, I didn't I didn't buy the DLC because fuck paying for shit. But <laughs> uh, I yeah. Cool. Uh, so the game I've been playing, which I'm sure many other people have been playing as well, is a uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone, however you pronounce it, Blizzard's card game. Uh, it's really, it's a really fun game. It, what's great about it is that it's incredibly simple. It's really easy to jump into. It's not really complex. It doesn't have a lot of rules. It's a very, very straightforward game. You basically have your like your champion, your main, like your main uh, character that has powers and stuff, and then you have your cards, which are your like, kind of like your little army. And then you just kind of directly just hit the other the other monsters cards. It's very like one to one. Like you know, I my life is four. Your, your life is four. I attack you too. You attack me too. There's no like special ruling, blah blah blah. It's very to the point. Super easy to jump in and out of, and it's free to play. So you can. It's on just about everything. I mean, it's on the it's on PC. It's on Mac. It's on Android. It's on iOS. Um, all you need is like you know just a just a normal Blizzard account. And you can just it syncs up everything with all cross devices, so it's just it's pretty much a no brainer. I mean, if you're into if you're into like card games and you like Blizzard stuff, it's just I would highly recommend playing it. Um, on the the download is really really big on your phone, so you want to make sure if you don't have a really old phone because if you if you have an old phone and not a lot of space, your phone's gonna heat up like crazy and it's just gonna take up a ginormous amount of space. So uh, just to keep that in mind but besides that um it's great to play with friends and um it's the only thing i don't like about it is that kind of like the expansion packs for like more adventures and cards and stuff like that is insanely expensive it's like 29.99 for more cards like a, like a more expansions and stuff that's an insane amount of money that i would never I, I, that's just I'm not gonna pay that much money. Yeah, for that. dog, that's fucking bananas and pajamas coming down the stairs. Right, that's, that's <laughs> too an, much goddamn money. Yeah, that's an insane amount of money for an expansion of or just more adventures or whatever. But I, I, you can play it completely free and you won't be like limited that much. I mean, you're just buying extra cool cards and stuff. But you can keep playing the game, keep doing PvP and all that kind of stuff, and you won't miss out on anything really. But yeah, I mean, if you really, really are, into, are like a big Blizzard, you know, fan, I mean, I pay for it if you like. But I'm just, I'm not. No, that's, I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's too much money. I, I have little to no interest in Hearthstone. Harst- I don't even know what the hell it is. I just know it's like World of Warcraft, and it's like cards, and it's like two things I don't care about. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. If you don't care about either of those things, it is not <laughs> sure, the game for you. Sure. Um, me and you have played many a card battle game. How does it stack up to some of the other ones? Oh, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> by no means does it outdo uh, Magi Nation at all. But I mean, Lionel, oh, yeah. yeah, if you, I mean, you could download it on your phone. I have it on my phone. If you ever wanted to play a match, I'd be more than happy to do it with you. I mean, just the, it just because it is of World of Warcraft, all the characters and stuff like that. The actual card game itself is fun and the matches end really really quickly so it's not like something you have to have a deep investment in you can jump in and out whenever you want that's what i like about it i can play a quick game before i go to bed or something so uh yeah so yeah that's that's uh, my recommendation for a game uh, that i've been playing uh so yeah all good games i i'm definitely gonna 
Try the one Mike was talking about. Uh, so I've been meaning to get around to finally getting that one. And um, is the and the one Lionel you were talking about is on Steam, right? Yeah, it's on Steam, yep. isn't it? Yeah. So there it's you go. Steam. That's what I've been playing it on. Yeah, I meant to get that shit, but I because Joe was kind enough to give us some Steam gift cards. Yeah, I I, I partially missed the sale too. Yeah, I missed it. I was gonna get Holland Miami and Chroma Squad, but then I was like, am I gonna play these? And I was kind of <laughs> waited too long. So we'll see. All right. Yeah, all good games. Oh man, I still gotta play um, uh, Hotline Miami. I have it on my Steam account. Yeah, it's like just sitting there. I recently because I went too long without playing it. Right. There's so many games, so many games to play. I love everything about that game except it's kind of hard. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I I, I meant Hotline Miami too. If I said the first one. Oh, okay, the second one. Because I beat the first one, but uh, ah, the second one's gonna have a, a level editor. Oh. soon if it's not out already but i'm very stoked for that cool um all right so to just kind of finish off the podcast uh just kind of just go around real quick and just felt just some, some final thoughts on the week just kind of discussions we have so far please no more sad stories i don't think i can take it um so let's just kind of uh like mike start with you first like you want a to... sad story no, go, God, look that, go look at that picture of kojima's face oh yes that'll, that'll <laughs> that do is it. a year of sad stories <laughs> He's wearing him down. He's the Lincoln of the game industry. That's what he is. Mm. Aged to perfection. He's the what of the game industry? The Lincoln. Oh, the Lincoln. The Lincoln. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah. Well, well, maybe that was kind of extreme. I was saying that more so because he aged pretty hard over... Forget I said that. That was dumb. I mean, every president ages pretty hard. But well, I mean, Lincoln. he aged he aged faster than a president. It usually takes like four years before you start seeing like wrinkles and gray. But he's like, he went out he pretty. Went, he went from like thirty five to fucking fifty five <laughs> at night. True. Yeah, Lincoln and Roosevelt. It was more like it was more like the joy of gaming was like keeping the age at bay and when they took that from him, it all just. Came. I, I don't know if it was the joy of gaming so much as him. Uh, Feasting on the blood of young Japanese models. It's <laughs> great. Wow. Well, All right. Old man. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, how'd you, how'd you think the week went, Mike? Was it good? VR, lots of VR stuff. Kojima. Just. How do you think next uh, week next week's gonna turn out? Uh. Well, next week. Yeah. Tune in next week. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's an interesting question. I, I, not, um, I think the week was fine. It's glad this, the Kojima news was the biggest thing for me. Mm. Um, the VR thing, uh, honestly, I hadn't really thought of too much about until we talked about it. So that was that was cool. Um, and next week, I don't know. It's it's a wild industry, man. Yeah, I love talking about it. We'll see what happens. I'm sure there'll be some some cool shit. Yep. Lionel, how about you, buddy? Well, it seems like some people, uh, Ruby Doobie, are smartening up, whereas others, uh, whoever's behind this Oculus Rift business, aren't. And uh, I hope we can all get on a better page in regards to this, because uh, I got chased over to the PC because I just can't afford console gaming anymore. I don't want VR to do this to me too 
Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not sure how to feel about the creative use of amiibos. <laughs> I guess somebody's finding some joy in them. That's that's okay. Yeah, I think the article uh, was more about um, keeping people from misery. As <laughs> uh, I think almost every single item on that list was a definite recommendation recommendation against putting it up your ass. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that's it. This is the first real official episode of of the podcast, and make sure to tune in next week. We'll cover all the fun stuff that happens then. 